0: did my white voice come out okay
1: um try it again
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get too becky on them
1: okay let me see if i could like what's the difference between my regular voice and my white voice i don't i don't really know i don't think i have a big difference either like hi hello
0: my name is Mia barrington now, now i feel like i'm trying to add like a british accent or some bullshit <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, could you imagine every time you wanted to do a white voice you just started talking to white people and i was like hello i'm just here for a bit of coffee ladies and gentlemen
0: like that's all british people do yeah just drink their tea just here
1: for a bit of tea and it's like just imagine that happening every time you spoke to white people that was your code switch <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious all right
0: welcome 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 to a new episode of shit black girls watch as you can see today we are talking about white actors white people <laughs> We are trying to figure out our code switching, which is if you don't know, it's when a black person changes their voice to sound white, or in parentheses, quotes, uh, more professional. So, yeah,
1: unfortunately.
0: So I am your host Mia Denae, alongside my best friend Trish, and we are about to drop some of our favorite white actors. All right. So before we get into that, we definitely want to thank you guys so much for tuning in because the last episode we had a leap in our plays, and um, you guys are awesome. Like you guys are making this happen and making us want to be more consistent and bring you guys better episodes each and every time. So thank you very much. Also, shout out to Shamia Brown because she has become our first <laughs> subscribe. What would you call it? Subscriber, our first donor, our first consistent donor. Thank you so much, Shamia Brown, for believing in us and putting that money down to show us that you support us. So if you guys want to support us in any monetary way, please head over to, I believe you can do it on Apple Podcasts and also Anchor. There's an option. You can give us like literally $1 a month. It all counts. It all adds up and we are happy to take it.
1: Yeah, I just want you to know, Shamia, that I love you. just going to leave it at that. We do.
0: All right. And make sure you guys subscribe and also leave a comment or review um, through any of your favorite podcasting apps, you know, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. We have, I think, four or five stars right now, which is amazing. But, you know, leave a comment, you guys. Let everybody know why the show is so awesome.
1: And keep liking. Maybe we'll get six stars. All right.
0: So, you know, we always start every episode with our black unicorn. And this one is a very special guest. So, Trish, why don't you do the honors?
1: Yeah. So, this black unicorn, like Mia said, is a guest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start there. <laughs> a guest at the black unicorn table. Um, but, however, he is sitting at the table today. We wanted to consider in the content. We gave our black unicorn to Gary Owen. Now, Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> I was gonna say, before we get into Gary Owen, Mia, do you remember the performance we went and saw him at? Yes, I love
0: Gary Owen.
1: Like, what was it called? Oh, Caroline's, I believe. Okay. So, if you were at Gary Owen's show at Caroline's in New York, what was it, like two years ago? Uh, yeah, two years ago. And you walked out after the show and there was vomit everywhere? that was me <laughs> i threw up after that show
0: <laughs> you got I, lit. I mean you right, got more lit than anyone i was
1: zooted like when i tell you i don't remember shit that gary owen performed during that show it was a really great evening we all got dressed up we went out for was it your birthday
0: yeah it was my birthday
1: oh my gosh we got so dressed up and cute and we went to go eat these tapas and all this other stuff and listen to gary owen all I knew was I was sitting, I was sitting in a chair drooling, <laughs> for like that whole show, trying to avoid vomiting everywhere. And the minute the doors opened after that show, that shit projectile vomited. And then I just walked away from it because I was one of the first ones out. And then I came out of the bathroom like, who threw up here?
0: <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay. You well, held it pretty well because I didn't even know you were that fucked up until oh, after I we left and
1: <laughs> wasted oh
0: wasted. but gary owens was awesome he did a great set and he also um gave me a little happy birthday shout out and took a picture with yeah. us so How i was cool
1: linking up with the black queens so Gary Owen. In case you didn't, in case you don't know who that is, um, you would recognize him from Think Like a Man, uh, Ride Along, and Real Husbands of Hollywood. He, he is a white comedian that has like zero white audience, which is interesting. His primary audi- audience is actually black people. He's one of the only comedians to ever host BT's Comic View, which was a bunch of like black comedians primarily, and a couple like sprinkled in there, but mainly it was to showcase like black comedians and in 2011 ebony actually claimed that he was black america's favorite white comedian which i would agree with if i didn't disagree do you have a favorite white comedian
0: um he's definitely one of them i also like seinfeld oh seinfeld's a good one actually i can't think of anybody else right now but yeah those are probably my top two
1: so Gary Owen actually w- isn't one of mine. I don't. I don't even like besides that show and like his movies and stuff. Like his stand up isn't something I'm super familiar with. So maybe he would be. I know of him through like like he's a cultural, uh, not an icon, but he's really embedded in Black culture. He's
0: the the friend you bring to the barbecue. Like when everybody's like, oh, that's the white person you could bring to the barbecue. He's been at the barbecue for the past thirty years. Like. We just know. We just know who Gary Owens
1: is. You know, going back to the comedi- comedy question, I actually think mine is probably Louis C.K. or um, Dane Cook. And I know most people hate Dane Cook, but... Oh dare are- you. I know I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, no. <laughs> and, and I know Dane Cook is like only like a select type of funny, but it's my type of funny. But going back to Gary Owen, he actually has an interesting backstory. So for him to be so embedded in Black culture he actually grew up like a poor white person with like a bigoted stepfather and where he was from actually had very few white, like very few black people. So I thought that was interesting because he seems like one of those white guys that's grown up around a bunch of black people, but he, he, he didn't. And then he got, um, he ended up joining the Navy and they would sit around on Fridays watching Deaf Comedy Jam. And that kind of helped him realize that he wanted to pursue a career in comedy, which I thought was really cool. If I had to, like conceptualize it. I think everyone's acceptance of Gary Owen in Black culture is this concept I'm trying to work out in my PhD program. So the name I've temporarily given it is Misplaced Relatability, And it's basically when white people do or say things that don't really align with who they are, but they think that it's necessary to relate to Black people. It's just those really awkward encounters about how much they like a specific rapper or, you know, who they voted for, like all those things they were talking about like in Get Out. Like those little microaggressions or whatever. It's not necessarily something I, I, th- I think they're just trying to be relatable, but they're not. And Gary Owen was able to infiltrate Black culture without having to do that. Like he wasn't pretending to be who he is. He just existed. And I actually think that if more white people just approached us, you know, despite our Blackness, not because of it then we would accept them more too but a lot of them because they're doing that misplaced relatability thing it feels disingenuous I think it's just really important to note like he respects the culture from the outside like he's not out here like oh I'm I'm basically black so I can say or do certain things he actually out here
0: calling himself a nigga
1: yeah or, or doing like weirdo shit that is really unnecessary, like extra shit. Gary Owen actually has a Black wife in a very, he describes her as a very pro-Black daughter, who he said he actually runs his jokes by. And as long as they're laughing, then he feels like he's good. Like he trusts them to check him if his comedy is, you know, f- he's got a little bit too much, like he's feeling himself too much. And it's like something he's not allowed to say. And it's interesting when he talks about like his Black audience One of the things he noted, like how he got that black audience was that every movie he's ever been in has had a black lead actor except one. And he said that movie did really bad. So all the TV shows, all the movies he's been in have catered to a black audience. And he's just really, really happy and grateful to just be accepted by our culture. And I think that's why Gary Owen deserves Black Unicorn this week.
0: I agree. I agree. All right. So we also had an interesting question. We want you guys to think about this yourselves. One day I pondered and I was like, hmm, Trish, if you were to have any person, specifically white person, at your Golden Globe table, who would be allowed to sit at your table?
1: Okay, so I really like this question. I thought about it and I had a couple of faves, had a couple of faves. I had a couple of white people where I was like, if I was like at this predominantly white, you know, function and I had to sit with white people and it came down to jim carrey because jim carrey don't fuck with hollywood anyways he doesn't fuck with anyone really um keanu reeves because i feel like he knows all the secrets to life mila kunis super fun love her just in like her personality in general um ryan gosling for obvious reasons and kate winslet because i might i might be the biggest probably if not the biggest Kate Winslet fan at least the biggest black Kate Winslet fan I've seen pretty much every single Kate Winslet movie fun fact my
0: turn so at my table I think I would um definitely have Mandy Moore because I freaking love her and this is us and I was vibing with Mandy Moore when she was out here singing um around her what Britney Spears days like
1: I love Mandy Moore
0: She she just seems like she has a good spirit.
1: She's done some pretty good movies, too. Walk to Remember, Because I Said So. I like both of those.
0: And then next on the list would be Cameron Diaz. I don't know. I've just always loved Cameron
1: No, I I would fuck with Cameron Diaz. Like, if nothing else, she just seems like she'd, I don't know, just be interesting to sit with. Jennifer Aniston.
0: I feel like Jennifer Aniston gets a lot of slack just because of the whole, you know, Ben Affleck thing. Not Ben Affleck. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt thing. Um... But I really fucks with Jennifer Aniston. I think she's a great actress. I think she's funny. I didn't watch her in Friends. I didn't really watch that show, not gonna lie. But I do watch her movies. She looks great. She has a great body. Fuck it. Jennifer Aniston, come to the table. Um, James Franco. mm, I just need a bit of heartthrob at the table. And he definitely has a great sense of humor, it seems like, anyways. All right, so... So I just found out that James Franco is a little questionable. So I'm going <laughs> to have to remove him from the table. Security! yeah,
1: Security. Yeah, get out of here, buddy. All right,
0: so let's skip James Franco. But let's move on to the, the amazing Betty White. I feel like she would just be a doll to have at the table. Yeah. And um, I know she would be a good laugh. I feel like I would just want to sit right beside her and just have a good old time with her like I do with my grandma.
1: She's a lovely little old lady and you know she's she's so you're thriving despite the circumstances of her age.
0: Yeah she was acting until well into her 80s right but yeah so Betty White definitely have to have her at the table such a legend and then I'm just gonna finish it off with a little sexiness and invite Channing Tatum over and you mm. know if he maybe maybe he wants to get down on the dance floor like I don't I'm know. I'm gonna say he's gonna dance his way over to your table. Start I'm down for and all, all of it in. man. <laughs> You know, pop out a peck, do that too, man.
1: Yeah, all that shit. That's I think that's more like if Terry Crews was joining the table or some shit. That little fucking tin pop he does. <laughs> I don't want you to pity pop right. by, by my table Terry <laughs> Crews leave. I'm trying to eat my salad, damn it. Fucking your nipples in the way. Is shit. that an olive?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, so so you guys can tell me who my last person at my table is leave a comment and say what white actor would you love to have at your golden globes table we want to know you guys all right so let's get into our next segment which you know is the let's get real segment where we're going to break some shit down and you're going to listen
1: and because because we have academics in the house we did create a criteria for it and the criteria we used is the same criteria the american people use to elect their president it's nothing i'm getting right <laughs> We're not getting, we said we weren't going to get political. I know, I know, I know. We did create a criteria. Um, Basically, we wanted to make sure we had a reason for picking these white actors. So the first one was that they have to have one iconic movie role. And that means like something that's like pretty well known. Like they're pretty well, well known for this role especially amongst black people because if they're not well known amongst white people for that role they're definitely not known amongst us sometimes. They've had to have one impactful role because they star st- they are still actors and we wanted to like make sure they had range. Like it couldn't just be like a box. We also wanted to make sure that they've acted alongside black actors because I feel like that's a really underrated thing that comes into like um I don't know, when you pick your faves and stuff, you got to have some diversity on set, man. Fuck out of here with these predominantly white casts. And lastly, do they mind the business that pays them? And are they relatively unproblematic? This would automatically exclude Lena Dunham, who <laughs> is pretty much a walking problem, but those are our criteria for the people we pick. Most of these people we actually agreed on, except we, were, we did four girls, four guys. The only one we couldn't agree on was the fourth girl. I guess we'll let the audience decide based on what we present them with, I don't know. So you wanna do, uh, you wanna start? Sure, I think one of the ones that we can
0: all definitely agree on is Miss Sandra Bullock. Absolutely, man. Love me some Sandra. Oh, yeah, yeah. love Sandra. been watching her since I was young, a young thing. And um, so we said that she's most known. One of her most iconic films is Speed. I don't remember Speed, do you? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I remember um, with Keanu Reeves and the bus was out of control. They had to keep it above like, a, it's almost like crank. Oh, yeah.
0: yes. Oh, I forgot all about that movie.
1: They have to keep it above a certain mileage. Otherwise the ship
0: blows. Yeah, that was an insane movie. Um, of course, one of my favorites is Miss Congeniality 1 and 2. She's known for those. I think one of her most impactful films definitely is The Blind Side, which was about a um, wealthy white woman And she adopted a young Black man who was, at the time, I believe he was homeless. And he was going through some things. And she just brought him into her home. And they found out that he could play football and that he was really freaking good at it. And so she and her family freaking took care of him. Um, This is a true story. Took care of him, got him into college. He later went on to the NFL. It was just a nice story. Just a nice story about people seeing you for who you are on the inside a human being you know not really trying to judge you or the situation you're in and if you're able to help help that's all it was if you're able to help help
1: definitely it's interesting and again we rank them based on whether or not they've been cast alongside like whether they worked alongside black actors and that was one of the movies where it was literally about a black you know black kid um and she worked with Rihanna in Ocean's 8 which is always dope because some of you could never (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> she also speaks fluent German like we also we, we wanted some of the, like their personality to come through too because while you guys know them for these roles like we wanted to make sure we we're getting well-rounded a well-rounded white <laughs> so she speaks fluent German she was actually raised in Germany until she was 12 since we're on the topic of like adoption she actually has two adopted children who just happen to be black it's not why we picked her found that out afterwards and she was really emotionally impacted by hurricane katrina um that was one of the catalysts for her adoption actually i don't remember what she said specifically but she just knew she was adopting a kid from new orleans after that um and she's donated hundreds of thousands to rebuilding warren easton high school which is really dope sandra bullock was
0: also one of the highest paid actresses getting that money i think you said she made like 51 million dollars in one year
1: yeah that's wild and i I'm I believe Sandra Bullock made like was one of the highest paid actresses because mm-hmm. she was in everything for a good minute yeah definitely
0: I didn't know that she used to date Matthew McConaughey
1: and Ryan Gosling which is kind of a wild track record so yeah Sandra Bullock is our first <laughs> white draft picket <laughs> wait what our first white draft oh gosh I know I know I know I'm, I'm gonna stop doing this eventually but okay so next pick was Reese Witherspoon this one was pretty easy um Reese Witherspoon was in Cruel Intentions Election which I actually watched the first time recently Legally Blonde she was Elle Woods Sweet Home Alabama walk the line and most recently big little lies so she has starred aside zoe kravitz which was the black criteria mm-hmm. she's res- she started beside um regina king carrie washington but some of your faves are a little hard to like you got to dig into their filmography to really find out who they like what diverse cast they've been a part of because for some of these i was starting to get a little lost looking for somebody like diverse Mm -hmm. Um, and I was getting a little worried we couldn't use certain people because of that. So yeah, Carrie, I mean, not Carrie Washington, Reese Witherspoon is dope. I actually am a really big fan of Sweet Home Alabama. That's probably such a good movie. I was going to say, that's probably my favorite movie. I would pick that. Yeah, I would probably pick that over, um, Legally Blonde. I I love Sweet Home Alabama. And if you guys don't know these movies, well, go watch them. (laughs) <laughs> that would help <laughs> go watch them and then come back and listen to this episode Reese's real name is actually fucking Laura in case how you dare guys, you Laura how dare you
0: fool us for all these years
1: girl I was so taken aback by that like uh, hello um she has everybody calling her Reese because that's her mom's maiden name which you know I, I thought that was kind of sweet I actually like Reese better though it like I do too it really suits her Reese Witherspoon is a very iconic name. Laura Witherspoon kind of sounds like somebody, I don't want to say that because I
0: was like, I don't want to make fun of her real name. It sounds like somebody bougie. Like, I don't know if I would want to hang out with Laura Witherspoon at the table, at my Golden Globes table.
1: Laura Witherspoon sounds like Reese Witherspoon's character in Election like it embodies that character it's just like know-it-all super overachieving high school student that wants to be like student body pretentious yeah like it's just too much she also she was arrested in 2013 and i thought it was the cutest bring
0: up her track record no
1: but but this worked in her favor when we say like unproblematic like her arrest was so unproblematic (laughs) Like, she was very like, you can't arrest me. How dare you? Do you know who I am? Well, you're about to find out. And she went like L <laughs> Woods on the fucking police. And I thought that was the cutest little video. So to me, I was like, you know what? This actually gains Reese's points in my eyes. She was, somehow she was still kind of respectful about the whole situation. She was very like proper in that whole situation, even though she was drunk and, you know, yelling at the police. I just could, I don't see Reese throwing out a whole bunch of motherfuckers like you know what i'm saying
0: i just don't see her as having a potty mouth like that
1: i don't know yeah you're right reese also owns her own production company which is kind of dope it was hello sunshine well it's hello sunshine now was pacific standard and i just thought it was dope one that she owns her own production company i didn't know that but yeah i think one of her co um one of her partners is carrie washington correct for hello sunshine Oh, it might be. I I don't know, but I know they produced uh, Big Little Lies, which I thought was a really good show, and and they produced Gone Girl, which I didn't know, and I fucking love Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. Um, that was based on that uh the Gillian Flynn novel or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really dope that she actually got those projects. She's also one of the, in 2019, she was one of the highest paid actresses in the world. Like, these, the, of course, these these women are gonna be topping some of these lists.
0: But also, um, so Carrie Washington has nothing to do with Hello Sunshine. But Hello Sunshine also has a channel that focuses on women and it's similar to the Oprah Winfrey Network. So that's cool, I didn't know that. Um oh, that's dope. So I think the moment, I think what made people really love Reese Witherspoon was when she, of course, the king and queen Bey and jay (laughs) for some champagne at the golden globes because their table had ran out of some and i don't i don't know if you guys know this but uh jay-z only drinks ace of spades so they have brought their own bottles of champagne
1: it was recent jennifer aniston right
0: yeah it was recently jennifer aniston and i think somebody else they gave them a bottle they gave them some cups of uh ace of spades and then afterwards beyonce sent reese with a spoon a bottle just for herself to uh her house and it was really cute there's a video up there if you guys they sent her a it.
1: case yeah and i think it was funny because she was on the ellen ellen i don't know how to say her fucking name i'm not gonna lie to you DeGeneres.
0: DeGeneres.
1: <laughs> okay ellen the generous show and she was she was kind of joking. She was like, "Yeah, we're best friends now." And Helen was just like, "Oh, you talk to Beyonce?" and She's like, "Oh yeah, just like you know, we talk every day. Like, we're just, I don't want to say it, but it feels like we're best friends." And I was like, "This is very on brand for her." So I thought that was really cute. All
0: right, so our next actress on the list is Angelina Jolie, who I think the first time I saw Angelina Jolie was uh, Tomb Raider, and I freaking loved her ever since. And of course, she was also in uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I think that's one of her most iconic movies. And Girl Interrupted.
1: Girl Interrupted, I think, is what we're gonna call like her impactful role because that really showed some of Angelina's range. She was in like a mental—what was it? Like a mental health facility, and she was kind of like this really disturbed girl in that movie. If you haven't watched it, you definitely should watch Girl Interrupted if you want to see something different from Angelina other than what, you know, like mainstream movies they show today. I think Girl Interrupted, a lot of these kind of overlap where you're talking about like impactful versus iconic roles. Cause I do think mm-hmm. Girl Interrupted is one of her more iconic roles, but I, I would label it more impactful than iconic because I'm, I'm not sure, like, I don't know how well known that is. She was also a Maleficent, which I guess would be pretty iconic today if you're fucking with those movies and reasons why you should love her uh
0: she's a fucking baddie like the face is beautiful
1: yeah angelina jolie actually ranks those world's sexiest world's most beautiful world's most attractive like lists pretty consistently i i I would be more interested in a year she wasn't on one of those lists than like all the years that she was. She actually, I thought it was a fun and interesting fact. Her and Nicole Kidman are so kind of like close in, I don't know if it's roles or just acting style or whatever, that she's never gotten to work with Nicole Kidman because they go up for the same roles a lot, which was really believable when I read that. Um,
0: and also she has been one of the highest paid actresses for multiple years. On top of being the one of the most beautiful. Just killing the game. <laughs> yeah, for real. Still, in husbands and everything. And it's so crazy that we don't hate her
1: for that. Angelina Jolie is also one of those people, like Sandra Bullock, who was adopting kids before it was like an accessory for these for some people. Um, mm-hmm. she, she's actually quite the humanitarian, I think, regardless of what... I think that's probably one of the things she, she might be m- known for, if not equally, but as much as acting, is her humanitarian efforts. Um, she's a UN ambassador. She went to Cambodia to film Laura Croft. Um, Tomb Raider. And she's seen so much shit there. She actually did, she actually directed First They Killed My Father. She had, I guess whatever she saw in, in Cambodia impacted her really heavily because when she did, like she did that about the killing fields in Cambodia and what that looked like, um, the history of, you know, war-torn, war-torn Cambodia. And I think her first son is adopted from Cambodia as well. So she's one of those people where She was going around, she's speak. she's talking to refugees, she's donating millions and when I tell you millions of dollars, Angelina Jolie is putting millions of dollars into um, UN efforts and starting orphanages around the world. So Angelina Jolie belongs on every list for every reason.
0: So um, we both have our fan favorite for the fourth person that's supposed to be on this list of white actresses that we love, mine being Anne Hathaway. I have loved Anne since um, The Princess Diaries um, in our Disney days when, I don't know, how old was I, like 12 or I was 11, 2001. Princess Diaries, we have her up there. We also have her for um, Ella Enchanted, Brokeback Mountain, um, of course, the iconic The Devil Wears Prada, and then uh, The Dark Knight Rises and Ocean's 8, which she, she was in with. Uh, Ariana. She was also in uh, The Witches with Octavia Spencer. And I think we have on here, her most impactful movie was Havoc, which I haven't seen that Trish. So you had to break that one down.
1: So I I put Havoc because we know Anne Hathaway for, you know, her, her, her role, like the cute, you know, well-kept woman. So Havoc was an interesting role for her to take since it was these two affluent white women who were basically pulling a new new and going to the bad area um, to hang out with Latin gangbangers. And it's a wild movie. There's like drugs and sometimes there's titties there. It's like this, this there's gangbang. It's a crazy movie that you don't necessarily expect Anne Hathaway to be in. Um, so I thought that really showed some of her range outside of just the girl next door, really cute. I know she kind of came out of her element in *The Dark Knight* ri- in *The Dark Knight Rises* um, as Catwoman, but you know, I, I really think Havoc was was her most impactful role, if if I had to guess one.
0: Mm. And if you didn't catch that Nunu reference, she is talking about the movie *Atl*, which stars Lauren Lauren London and Ti Tip
1: Harris. Yes, yes, Uh, Nunu is the boo-boo of Gs. So she's a bougie Black girl that is basically playing in the hoods of Atlanta. So that's what these white girls were doing in Havoc, basically. So with
0: Anne Hathaway, um, she was one of the highest-paid actresses in the entire world in 2015. Insane. So I am really going to try with this one. I am not a French speaker. I barely speak Ebonics. (laughs) Let me me not lie. (laughs)
1: I barely speak of bonics for sure. I just be making up shit.
0: So Anne Hathaway was also known for singing in Ella Enchanted, but also Les Miserables. Oh, that was good.
1: That was good. I was going to say, if you don't know what that is, that's Les Miserables for the rest of us <laughs> uncultured swine.
0: <laughs> she also won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in Les M- Miserables.
1: Les Miserables.
0: She used this role in Les Miserables to shed light on sex trafficking, and she definitely is quite the philanthropist.
1: I thought that was really cool, the part about um, shedding, because her character in that movie or whatever is a prostitute that I I think she meets like an untimely ending, but I thought that was a cool way to like, she, she opened up a conversation about it. And I thought that was interesting to be that impacted by that role. Cause that's what I think was the reason behind it was that understanding the character and what she was going through in that movie was what made her want to speak out about sex trafficking specifically, not to be confused with sex work, which is consensual, but sex trafficking specifically.
0: Mm-hmm. And this also is, This pick is pretty interesting because I feel like there are a lot of people that love her, but I feel like she's more known for people hating her.
1: (laughs) Anne Hathaway, she's like Russ the singer. Like I, it's one of those people where I don't really know why people hate her, but they do. And we looked it up because we wanted to, to find out if there was like a reason behind it. But they were saying that she comes off as disingenuous because of how perfect she is. Like she says all the right things, she does all the right things, she acts the right roles, like, mine is Havoc, but for some people, for some reason, that, like, that turns people off when people are too perfect, like, we love an underdog for some reason. Yeah, and
0: I don't know, maybe they think of her from, like, her first big role, which was The Princess Diaries, and maybe they still have that, like, Idea of her, which I don't know, because I feel like when she was Mia in The Princess Diaries, she was like a likable, annoying character. Yeah, maybe I, that's I would... what
1: it is—the annoying part. What? The n- emphasis on the annoying. But I thought, in I think, in most of her roles, with the exception of I don't know, maybe Catwoman, but I, I typically like her. I feel like she's a likable person, but she gets so much fucking hate. Like people hate her face, they hate her smile, and it's just like she seems like a likable woman, which is why she makes our list. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily understand the hate, but you know, people are out here literally doing scientific studies on why people hate Anne Hathaway. So I guess I'll get into my pick who was, drumroll. roll, um, Rachel McAdams. You may know her as Bachel McAdams. Bachel McAdams is Regina George from the notebook. I mean, from Mean Girls. Um, she's Allie from The Notebook. She was in The Wedding Crashers, Midnight in Paris, spotlight which i thought was her most impactful role because she got to branch out away from this like i don't know necessarily it's like a girl next door character she plays with the exception of regina as well her role as regina george in mean girls is probably one of those ones that overlaps like icon and impact because it takes her out of that element of like girl next door as well She was, she starred alongside Lamorne Morris and Kylie Bunbury in Game Night. That was one of those ones where I had to dig a little deeper. I completely forgot about Game Night, but I really liked that movie. So I'm glad uh, I could find one for Bachel. And the reason we call her Bachel, for obvious reasons, is because she's another one of those actresses that tops those most beautiful, sexiest woman alive, most attractive woman in the entire universe. Um, She tops those lists pretty consistently as well. But she's not just beauty. She's not just brains because she does have like a bachelor's in like fine arts from York University. She's also well-rounded. She's (laughs) acting... Like she, she, which is really cool. She takes her roles and she uses them as an excuse to take a class and like learn something new. So when she was doing Wedding Crashers and like how her family knew about sailing and stuff, she actually went and took classes and became a certified sailor, which is really dope if you ask me. Um, she also has conviction and i love people who can stand firm and like their convictions she showed up to a vanity fair shoot with scar joe and Kira knightley who surprisingly surprise surprise i'm also probably the biggest Kira knightley fan <laughs> i love a good like period piece like one of those historic dramas and Kira knightley dominates those so <laughs> another fave um, but she showed up to a photo shoot for, with them and she realized it was a nude shoot, so she ended up leaving. She doesn't do nude. Even in the notebook when he's like, you know which is one one from our sex our sex episode from the first episode, um, when he was carrying her upstairs and all that, like her she never shows titties. There's no nudity. And lastly, I picked her because she was down to earth. She's never owned a car. She rides her bike all around Toronto. She's Um, never owned a car? She's never owned a car. She rides her bike everywhere. And she said that if she wasn't an actor, she would like to be a farmer. (laughs) She also is like super duper private. She doesn't have any social media. She keeps her private life very private. It's actually since we're being messy it's actually one of the reasons her and ryan gosling broke up <laughs> well, was because the spotlight and the fame was getting like affecting their relationship because the fans were so invested in her and ryan gosling that like they couldn't breathe basically and then when they broke up they had to console the fans instead of being able to grieve the relationship because people were so in their business so Bechel mcadams is also another one of those people that just kind of like minds her fucking business and just lives as an unproblematic wonderful wonderful woman so that's why she's my pick
0: i felt i felt the love for rachel
1: oh yeah i love rachel mcadams man i would have had her i don't think we mentioned this but the people we picked for these we couldn't use in the table did we mention that like when we yeah because all of these
0: people would be the number one yeah like exactly. picks to sit rachel at our McAdams
1: table would have been at my table
0: all right and this would probably definitely be my number like i love this man this is definitely Same. be my number one pick to sit at my table but for the list, for our white male actors, we have Matthew McConaughey. What a hottie. He's just so effortless in, like,
1: the he's way swaggy, that he... He's swaggy, man. He's swaggy,
0: but it's not like he's trying. And then he just has his own, like, vibe and energy that you just love. And he doesn't mind being, like, vulnerable, but also funny.
1: Yeah, he's got range, man. He, did have, he has range outside of just, like, acting. Like, he has... <laughs> range in my bedroom (laughs) (laughs) in
0: your fantasies
1: exactly no but he has like he has a very like swaggy presence to him he's hot as hell like he he can act his ass off to be real even though they kind of tried to pigeonhole him as like a rom-com guy at one mm-hmm. point in the
0: yeah beginning of his career guy has a beautiful fucking smile his voice is nice and like yeah. sultry and it has still has that little presence. southern twang
1: to it but it works so yeah matthew McConaughey is super hot man movies you'd probably know matthew McConaughey from i think one of his first like breakout roles was dazed and confused um i picked how to lose a guy from Kai in 10 days because that was the first movie i seen with matthew McConaughey in it and again mm-hmm. my sentiments stand hottie but they did try to pigeonhole him because he did like ghost of girlfriends past with um i don't remember her fucking name he did the wedding planner oh he did the wedding planner yeah with jennifer lopez so they tried to they tried to put him into a category um he was imagining mike alongside channing tatum who was at mia's table and okay, i think so that means he's <laughs> going to visit right he's gonna fucking come over there with his shirt off so he also did dallas buyers club which is a really 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 impactful movie and he did true detective which That's i considered so good. yes because russ cole i think was a super impactful character from matthew mcconaughey because that was really like him showing his fucking range russ was a a, a really deep character if you haven't watched true detective like the first season with mm-hmm. matthew, matthew mcconaughey and definitely go back and watch that Dallas Buyers Club was also another impactful role because he was playing a man, like a a cisgendered man, and struggling with the AIDS or the HIV AIDS epidemic. He's had a couple of really impactful roles. So he did Sahara with a pretty much, I would say it was predominantly black cast and Penelope Cruz um but that was his he met the criteria for also having acted alongside black people
0: yeah i guess he he would have also met it for the wedding planner too so does jennifer lopez uh count she as black count as black but she's a minority she's a person of color
1: i'll take person of color okay if you need any more reasons for loving matthew McConaughey, lincoln commercials <laughs> when, you, when you see Those damn lincoln commercials if you don't know Matthew McConaughey from anything, but you've seen a Lincoln commercial, then you know Matthew McConaughey. That dude, he laid the fuck back in them Lincoln commercials, just talking. I don't ever know what the fuck he's talking about in those commercials. It's it's like these random shots and he's driving and it's always this, you know, this it's just him being cool as fuck and saying things that I don't, I'm too poor to understand. Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about sometimes. But you know, he's really, I I don't know what kind of deal he has with them. I think it's a multi-year deal, but he does the Lincoln commercials for the car.
0: He also won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. So, you know, we definitely love him for that. He was really active during COVID and he has been donating you know, masks and helping with relief funds. And then he also hosted a virtual bingo night with his grandma for the elderly because you know, they don't get to have visitors or go out. And so mm. they're really lonely. And so he put that together for the elderly.
1: It was so, so cute. He was playing with those old people, man, on Zoom. And they were so happy to have him. I just thought that was a really nice thing to think about, like the old people that couldn't get I should be saying elderly, but the old people that couldn't give visitors and stuff during quarantine. But if philanthropy isn't your thing, Matthew McConaughey has duality. So in 1999, in true McConaughey fashion, the police came to his house for a noise complaint. There was drum noises and it was like loud noises coming from his house at fucking like 3 a.m. So police show up and it's him naked playing the bongo drums with a friend it's it's when i was reading that shit i was like what the fuck was he doing there was drugs of course involved um but this was another one of those things for some reason white people get arrested like ups their their likability with me but he (laughs) was arrested for this and i just thought that actually gave him character like it's not just him fucking doing all this like it's not him with this perfect image either but for some reason what's supposed to like be a bad image of him just came off as really like earthy and i was kind of into it more than i was off put by it so yeah matthew mcconaughey ladies and gentlemen
0: all right so on to our next white actor that black people love specifically these two black people hmm. um, <laughs> adam sandler who um, uh, I think of course his most iconic movie for me is Waterboy. Boy. It's probably one of the first movies I've seen with him. And I feel like the only reason I was able to watch these movies as a kid was because my babysitter that lived across the street was a white woman. <laughs> and so I would, you know, I would watch certain things that my mom probably would never watch, like The Water Boy, Big Daddy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he also did wedding singer Billy Madison and uh, Happy Gilmore, and then actually, I think you put this down as being one of his more impactful movies, and I'm wondering why you put Uncut Gems down as being more impactful. What I was that it for you? I put it down
1: as one of those movies that showed his range. Oh, it yeah, was,
0: definitely. It was
1: Adam Sandler outside of the funny guy role, and mm-hmm. not saying that he hasn't had more serious roles. I would argue that <laughs> The Wedding Singer, to some degree, was a little more serious, but that's a different conversation i just think uncut gems was the least adam sandler m- i've seen adam sandler in any movie and i think he really got into that character the movie gives you so much fucking anxiety watching it like the whole oh thing is just yeah I was restless the
0: whole time watching that movie
1: because there's there is no rest in that movie it's just him constantly on the go constantly trying to get ahead of himself and mm-hmm. i think adam sandler really bodied that role so i made that his most impactful it was the opposite in my house actually we lived for adam sandler movies in my house like again i missed out on some cultural experiences growing up but we loved the wedding singer we fucked water boy we watched the longest yard um oh the longest yard yeah i love that movie too and You know, that was one of the reasons as we're transitioning here, that was one of the reasons we put that we loved Adam Sandler was because he brings a gang of people, like his movies bring a whole gang of people with them. Mm -hmm. I love his collaborations with Drew Barrymore. I love when he brings Chris Rock or Kevin James or Rob Schneider, who's pretty much the second half of his production company. So we didn't even really think about Adam Sandler was one of the few people we we picked that I didn't have to think about the black people he's worked with because it it wasn't like a question that he's worked with black people. And I think that's what I was getting at when we were doing this criteria or whatever, was that some of them, I actually had to question it. Like I had to dig deep into like my mind, like, damn, was there a black person in their movie? Damn, when did I see a black person? Like, did that person speak? Were they just like a background character or were they like a supporting or a lead? So Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler is actually, besides maybe Sandra Bullock, was one of the few people on this list where I was like, nope, don't even question it. Yeah. And I think it's interesting
0: because people love to hate him in the sense of like, not all of his movies are great when it comes to like the writing no. and the message. Yeah. <laughs> but he's one of the few actors that can still make a living with having trash movies. Like I've seen some of his movies and I was not impressed and I didn't enjoy them. Yep. But on the other hand there are some movies that that weren't that impressive but I highly enjoyed them.
1: Like we were talking about murder mystery yeah and I fucked with the do-over heavy like I love the do-over with David Spade I don't know that's one of the interesting things about him though he's outlasted any criticism like despite it we're gonna keep watching every Adam Sandler movie yeah puts out like he could put out three bad movies in a row and I'm gonna be like well new Adam Sandler movies on Netflix I'm gonna watch it (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not gonna give a fuck it's an Adam Sandler movie I, I think there's like a quality that you expect with it and you just you just know what you're getting into with Adam Sandler. Like, if you're voluntarily checking for Adam Sandler movies, you already know what time it is. So you, you put this interesting fact that despite
0: critic reviews, like we said, the fans enjoy his films. And in 2019, Morning Consult poll did a poll of about 1,600 people. And 75% of them
1: claimed Adam Sandler is funny. Yeah, so people are actually, like, there are people that maybe you don't get like a whole shitload of laughter like you would in a Will Ferrell movie, but you're definitely going to laugh at least a couple of times. Like sometimes it's a slapstick kind of humor, but other times I think like when we're talking about like, um, shit, what was it? Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, some of them, mm-hmm. those are actually like pretty fucking funny. The Waterboy was pretty fucking funny, like in all yeah. actuality. Like I think people discredit 90s Adam Sandler, with like some of his happy madison productions and adam sandler's a real one and he created happy madison because he wanted to make sure that his friends always had jobs that's why so many of his movies bring back the same people that's why we always see rob schneider and david Mm -hmm. spade and kevin james because adam sandler wanted to make sure that his homies were good too so i thought that was like the realest shit ever and imagine
0: how much they're getting if he has so basically he has a Netflix deal it was for 245 million dollars for a four movie deal with Netflix so bruh i'm happy i'm happy like you telling me yeah. that i'm i'm one of your gang gang and we just made a deal yep and <laughs> my mind is we just made a deal for 245
1: million for four movies no, yeah. oh, I'm set and his and his people have always like rode with him, like which is dope like when he i think um Adam Sandler, if I'm not mistaken, was in top five with Chris Rock, which wasn't necessarily like his movie, but he he showed up in it, like they be showing up for each other
0: all right, so moving on to another one of our favorite uh white actors slash comedic actors is will Ferrell. I feel like unequivocally yeah uh, most people love him, especially black people. why not why not
1: i Love some fucking Will Ferrell man. I I think Talladega Nights is actually in my Talladega Nights is actually in my top ten best movies of all time. Yes, <laughs> like I know this. <laughs> growing up, I don't think I watched any like Talladega Nights set the tone for comedy for me. Like that was an interesting time period because Talladega Nights came out two thousand six. Anchorman came out two thousand four, and even before that, Old School came out where you know he played this fucking you know this middle-aged man in a fraternity or whatever I I think Will Ferrell it's hard to pick his most iconic roles and his most impactful roles now I had Mm -hmm. some roles that I've seen him be more serious like everything must go and stranger stranger than fiction but like I feel like his impact on the genre of comedy in film is equivalent to that serious shit like showing his range to be able to lead a movement like that whole Anchorman shit started something I thought it was I I argued that it was Talladega Nights but I was corrected Anchorman came out before but that shit ushered in like an entire genre of comedy and I don't know what this genre is it's very smart comedy and sometimes it's not very smart it's just very self-aware comedy and I and I really love it Um, Will Ferrell actually is really great at improv as well so he improvises mm-hmm. some of those lines which i thought was really cool too so as far as white people we love you tell me will ferrell's in a movie he just did a movie about iceland singing like just how like iceland music with uh rachel mcadams and i watched that shit and you know <laughs> what i was not disappointed i was it expecting was the least
0: that uh, that's funny because it definitely wasn't one of my favorite Will Ferrell's but it didn't disappoint in the no. fact that it was of Will Ferrell brand like yeah. it, it was totally his brand and then I actually enjoyed seeing him in this ridiculous ass character singing mm-hmm. and performing and dressing up in weird costumes like
1: it it's was totally not. on brand yeah um and you know Will is one of my faves so I, I automatically have a biased opinion that he's hilarious, but I think it's pretty unanimously known that he's hilarious. Um, he actually improvised, I don't know if you remember on the other guys where him and Mark Wahlberg were going back and forth and Mark Wahlberg was basically telling him how much he hates them and he was saying he wish he was a lion so he could kill him. <laughs> And then Will Farrell ends up rebuttaling with this whole thing about this species of tuna that build breathing apparatuses and they they come on and start they come on land and start hunting lions. But he improvised <laughs> that entire shit. And when I found that out, I I, w- I was in awe because that little monologue is fucking hilarious. That little shit is hilarious. If you haven't watched the other guys, I mean I watch it like once a week but if you haven't watched it that's just (laughs) hilarious if you like Step Brothers, if you like uh like anchorman you'll definitely like the other guys
0: and then i didn't know this so will ferrell is one fourth creator of the comedy uh video website and production company funny or die i've definitely seen you know a lot of their stuff funny or die is pretty popular um but the part that i didn't know is that that production company produced Jared Carmichael's stand-up in 2014 for HBO, which was directed by Spike Lee. So he, you know, he's connected, he's tapped in, he understands the vibes.
1: I thought it was interesting, Screen Rant actually rated Will Ferrell's roles, um, 1 through 10 for his best roles, they put the fucking lego movie first disagree i'm going ricky bobby all fucking day for talladega nights the second one was stranger than fiction also disagree i'm going step brothers three was anchorman that would actually be my third pick i would agree with that one four was Mind. I'm thinking I'm i'm thinking i don't think i'm doing Mind in my top welfare movies ever if anything i'm gonna probably do other guys there and what's number five now, given I'm not ranking Anchorman one and two separately, I don't know. I don't know that I disagree with old school at number five. Yeah. I think they were ranking them by like the IMDb scores, but I don't think that's the best way to rank Will Ferrell movies because Talladega Nights isn't going to be fucking, you know, like an eight, but that shit is hilarious. And that's one of his best roles. So, all right. So, that was a great breakdown. We are going to hop into our last
0: favorite white actor. And that, of course, is the legendary Tom Hanks. You cannot love Tom Hanks? He is like the
1: Julia Roberts to our hearts. He's damn near like the the male Julia Roberts, like as far as an American sweetheart goes. Like when I was going through Tom Hanks' filmography and I was just trying to pick a couple of movies, his filmography is crazy. Mm-hmm. This I'll guy is it. great at picking roles. Great
0: at it. His most iconic is definitely Forrest Gump, I think.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely.
0: after that i feel like it might be toy story who knows it depends on who you're talking to
1: exactly i was gonna say though, that's a hard one when you're talking about ranking like tom hanks roles <sighs> i'd probably put toy story over forrest gump i don't lie
0: what
1: i know oh wow because okay i know i i know that's probably gonna <laughs> be a disagreement but i think woody is is more of an iconic character than forrest gump
0: you know you're absolutely right when you think about Woody, the character. Yes.
1: yes. I hope people know that's Tom Hanks' voice, but if not, that's Tom
0: <laughs> Hanks' voice. He is Woody. He was also in Castaway, which I think is a iconic movie for him as well. Um, Captain Phillips. I didn't did I see Captain Phillips? I didn't see Captain Phillips, but I think just the significance of of that movie in general and how it gave opportunities to uh yeah, it was, the Ethiopian oh, actor that won the no, he won the no, Oscar, no, no, no. right? <laughs> he's
1: he's Somali oh sorry that's fine it's um it was Bark- Barkad Abdi and he was the Somali American actor they found in Minneapolis it was his first role ever in a film and he completely bodied it in Captain Phillips all of the Somali actors are actually Somali people Um, The Somali they're speaking is real. I actually found out that the Somali they're speaking in Black Black Hawk Down is not actually Somali at all. It's just them making up words. They couldn't even take the, the decency to go find somebody to actually give them like the Somali language. They just had them speaking like fucking gibberish, which is weird. But yeah, it actually launched his career. Or you know, like he's been out here acting. I hope like they're kind of like pigeonholing him as like a Somali actor, like the like if you need a Somali actor, you get him. But I thought that was really dope, and that was a really impactful role. And um, more
0: reasons why we love freaking Tom Hanks. He was ranked as the third highest grossing actor of all time.
1: Completely believe that. Yeah, I I would never even question that. Insane. I wonder who number one is though. Yeah, for him Leonardo. To be weird, right. I I would assume. Oh, we should guess it. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go Brad Pitt. Okay, that's a good guess. For me, I'm feeling Leonardo. Okay, it's probably one of the other. If they got to be one and two, right? Highest-grossing actor of all time. I don't know, that's tough. That's so tough. So, it looks like damn, we did uh we did our boy dirty. You'll never guess one and two on hey, this list. Cool. Harrison Ford. And Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel?
0: I know. (laughs) Samuel do be in a lot of movies, though. I know. He's He's in so many movies. Wow. Good for him.
1: Bruh, he has outgrossed Tom Hanks. Considering that he started acting later in life as well. That says a lot. That is interesting. Number four is Morgan Freeman. Number five, Eddie Murphy, which I completely believe. Look at all these black men dominating. I'm not going to lie. I'm
0: I'm really surprised about this list.
1: Okay. Yes. This is a cinema blend list. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. I don't know what date this list is from, but y'all are going to get what we give you today. (laughs) And let me see who was number six. That was Tom Cruise. And then Robert Mm. Downey, Johnny Depp, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman. That's top 10. I can't believe so many black men are out here. Look at us pulling in the audience. You know they actually did a study that said that white people were less inclined to buy tickets. Um, I think so, it was yeah, like,
0: to black movies with black predominantly names.
1: black cast. Yeah. yeah, well, just with like too many black people in the movie. I believe it's it. Wild. You see what country we live in? Yeah, you're right. So yeah, back to Tom Hanks. <laughs> he's um, oh, he's the second. He's the second actor, pretty much in history, to win back-to-back Oscars. For Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, he was in Philadelphia with Denzel Washington, which I, I have mm-hmm. never seen Philadelphia, so I didn't know that. But he won back-to-back Oscars in 93 and 94. Shout out to Tom Hanks, man. That's not an easy thing to do. Heck no, it's legendary. And he did a really, really, really good Mr. Rogers. Tom Hanks acted oh the my fuck God. out of that role. And Mr. I couldn't Rogers. think... I was like, this was perfectly cast, because when we think about some of these movies, like I try to think about like who would have been better in the roles. Like, could you imagine them cast in the Princess Diaries with somebody else? You know who they would have gotten? Lindsay Lohan? I was thinking, but Hilary Duff. Oh, you're right, you're so right. They would have probably, if they didn't do Anne Hathaway, it would have been Hilary Duff. I don't know, when we're talking about Tom Hanks, I can't think of anyone that would have played Mr. Rogers better than Tom Hanks. I can't either. And I don't want to try.
0: I yeah. don't want to try to figure out who could play better. But Tom, that role was created for him.
1: It was perfect for him. Like I, And I really enjoyed it as well. So yeah, I think that's our list in case you missed it. That was Sandra Bullock, Reese Witherspoon, Angelina Jolie, Anne Hathaway, or Rachel McAdams, Matthew McConaughey, Adam Sandler, Tom Hanks, Will Ferrell. And that is our list of white people or white actors that we love.
0: Yay. Okay, that that was pretty good. I enjoyed that conversation. I enjoyed breaking down some of these actors. I'm actually going to go back and watch some of these movies because it's been a while since I've seen so many of them. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Shit Black Girls Watch. Continue to promote the show for us because we love your support. It really makes us so hype, and it makes us enjoy creating new shows for you guys even more. And don't forget to visit therealeffect.tv where you can find out more information about Shit Black Girls Watch. And we hope you guys will tune in next time. Next week, every Friday, we drop an episode of Shit Black Girls Watch. We are going to do 10 episodes per season. So this is episode six. So continue to tune in, you guys. And until next time, you guys, love always. I'm Mia Denae with my bestie, Trish. Peace out.